0: guys, welcome to the Arise with Amber podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming back, for joining me, for your messages, for your comments, for your emails. I love to connect with you guys. So if you ever want to send me a message or send a prayer request, you can reach me at arisewithamber at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Amber Emily Smith. And once a month, I like to answer your questions. So that's what we're going to do today. And I usually. Ask for these questions over on my Instagram, but you guys can also comment on whatever platform you're listening from, or you can shoot me an email with the email that I just gave, and then you can send me your question there. Sometimes on Instagram, the little box is a little too small to put your whole question in there. So feel free to shoot me an email, gmail.com. So that is what we're going to do today. So let's pray, and then we will jump right in. Jesus, thank you for the gift of another day to walk with you, Lord. God, we're just so grateful for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. Lord, I just pray for everyone who is listening or watching, wherever they are, God, that something that I say will plant a seed to make them want to know you. God, thank you that you are the good shepherd, that we can do nothing apart from you. I pray that people hear want to know you, and and not only want to know you, but treasure you. Treasure you as the treasure that you are. God, we thank you for the hope that we have in heaven. No matter what we are going through in this life, we know that this life is a vapor. So keep our eyes focused on you, Lord. We know that we can't do it alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I will preface this by saying that I am answering these questions in how I would answer them if one of my friends was sitting right here, or if we were driving somewhere, and you just happen to have a question for me. I try to back it up with scripture. Or I try to—I always go to what the Word of Truth says. I believe that the Bible is the Word of Truth, so I try to answer these questions with a biblical lens. So, like I said, if you want to shoot me a question, you can send it over to my email, gmail.com. I always like to start with kind of a lighter question and I think I've answered this one before but somebody said if Mav would have been a girl what would his name have been and so most of you guys know we wanted Riv to be in his name R-I-V so there weren't that many choices Uh, if he was going to be a girl his name would have been Everly E-V-E-R-L-E-I-G-H because that has Riv or River in that name and I just think it's just a beautiful name for a little girl Next question, when is the new Arise merch coming out? I just placed the order, so I'm hoping to have it all to post for you, hopefully by December 1st at the latest. Um, that way you guys can get it in for, for Christmas orders or anything like that. I got, I believe, one t-shirt, a hoodie, two crew necks, and then um, I had a, a lot of fun colors this time, and we just got a new tote bag in, a new canvas tote bag the old ones had the Arise in black, and this one has the Arise in pink. So that might be something that you want to grab. You can go to AriseWithAmber.com to grab that. And send me send me any if there's anything that you guys are looking for as far as merch. We still have stickers and magnets over there, and I'm really hoping to bring the coffee mugs back. I I had coffee mugs when I first started Arise, and they were so cute, but When you washed them, after you washed them a few times in the dishwasher, they're really hand wash only, but the little you are chosen butterflies would rub off. So I think I'm going to try to do a coffee mug where a scripture or something is etched into the mug. So when you wash it, you don't have anything to worry about. Okay. Next question is, what is the best way to handle toddler tantrums? I will first start by saying that every child is different. How I handled... Tantrums with London is much different than how I handled them with Lincoln. Same with River, same with Maverick. So what might work for one is, is not a one-size-fits-all for the way that you handle something. So we currently have a two-year-old. And with him, redirection always helps. Um, getting his mind kind of changing the channel in his, in his mind, so to speak. Um, humor. Sometimes you know Granger will do something funny that makes him laugh and gets his mind off of it. Going outside always helps. I always say, if you guys are ever having a bad day or struggling through anything or frustrated, going outside or music and dancing always helps our family. It's just a fun time to just get the wiggles out, get the frustrations out, and just enjoy each other. I always try to get down on his level too. I think so many times as parents, you know, we can, if they're having a tough time, we can... We're so tall, we're so much bigger than them and we can stand up and, and just be like, stop crying or you know, there's nothing to cry about and really we just need to get down on their level. Squat down, make eye-to-eye contact, offer them a hug. They are little kids with really big emotions and they're navigating that. They don't, they don't know how to express themselves just yet. So it's up to us as parents to help them walk through that, to help them regulate, to help them know how to calm down. So we're trying to teach Maverick to say I'm mad if he's upset or to breathe. Um, But it's a a work in progress. And sometimes if they're in a safe environment, and nothing is working, the best thing to do is just let them have their moment. Let them have their tantrum. It's not going to last all day. But then they can learn how to regulate their own emotions and regulate themselves and learn how to calm themselves down. Because if you're the one calming them down all the time, there's going to be a, a time when you're not there, obviously not as a toddler, but when you're not there to help them, they need to learn how to regulate themselves and calm themselves down as well. I always think it's funny too that, you know, some parents can judge other parents and, all, and it's also funny because it's, it's some people that don't have kids that judge other parents and how their kids are acting. And they, they kind of sit there with this side eye and they're like, oh, my, my child would never do that. I would never allow my child to do that or I would never allow my child to eat that or something. And I always just smile and I'm, because I used to say some of those things too in my ignorance. I used to say some of those things too and then you become a parent <laughs> and then you eat your words and you look back and you go, gosh, why did I ever say that? Why did I ever say that? These parents are doing the best that they can, so. I always just smile whenever people say that. And I'm like, okay, you just wait. You just wait till you become a parent. So have grace for other parents. And, and if, if a child is having a tantrum in a store, ask ask the mom or the dad if you can help them out with anything. Or I don't know, just don't judge them. At least give them a kind a kind word or a smile. Okay. Next question says, do you wear makeup every day when you're at home? I typically do. I typically do. And it's It's really just become a habit. It's kind of a routine and it's something that I like to do in the morning. I like to get up and go in the bathroom and have like my little time by myself. And it's sometimes when I listen to a sermon or a podcast while I'm getting dressed. And I always have. I've just always loved playing with makeup. I remember going into my mom's room when I was a little girl and playing in all of her stuff. I, I remember going into my grandmother's room and I can still, even when I think about it, I can still smell that room I can still smell that bathroom I can still feel the the carpet under my feet I can still smell her perfume and I can still smell even like her makeup sponges that's it's just this memory that I have and so that's just something that I've always done and it, it's kind of become just a routine of mine and I would do it after I would make sure that I got up and and just it, it made me feel better this is obviously different for every woman but it made me feel better especially after having a baby and having a c-section and you're you're tired and your body's changed and um, you're not getting much sleep and it it was one way that I kind of made myself feel like myself again when I was going through any sort of postpartum or anything like that it would just make me feel better so and now London loves to play in it too Um, but that's like I said that's when I do a lot of my listening to podcasts or or listening to music or it's kind of just my own little time so obviously not every single day, but nine times out of 10, yes, I will get up and throw a little something on my face and then I'm ready for the day. So yes, that, I hope that answers your question. Leviticus 2730. What if you're unable to give that amount, but you can give some? So this verse, and the question is about tithing. um, It says, the verse is every tithe of the land, whether of the seed, Of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. So I'm assuming that you're saying that you're unable to give the ten percent, but you have something to give. So we read about tithing in the Old Testament. It's spoken about a lot in the Old Testament, and the tithe. It was a requirement of the law to, in which the Israelites were to give ten percent of everything that they earned, or the crops or the animals that they grew, and they were to give that, you know, back to the Lord. And as Christians. As followers of Christ, we're not specifically commanded to exactly give 10% of our income, but everything that we have is from God. Everything, Every blessing that we have is from the Lord. Every bit of provision and, and, and income and anything that we have is a gift from God. So we should be stewarding that well, and we should be willing to give those blessings. We should be willing to trust the Lord with them. We should be diligently praying and um, seeking the Lord and in, in what He would have you give, and John Piper says that the question shouldn't be how much should I give; it should be how much dare I keep. So that is so convicting. It's so convicting to me. And and he says it's not about how much. It's not about how much we're giving. It's about how much we're keeping, hoarding for ourselves, for our own private, our own private use. How much are we just going out and blowing and spending on extravagant things and things that are wasteful and are we overspending in this way when we could be serving and giving more of our money? Um, we don't always have to give of money. We, we can give of our time or our talents and, and serve in those ways too. But he says, um, the financial issue in the church today is not tithing, but exorbitance of lifestyle. So that should convict all of us. You know, I, I think the fact that you're asking this question kind of shows the posture of your heart. You know, you're saying... What if I can't give that much, but I do have a little bit to give? God loves a cheerful giver. And if you have a little bit to give, I promise you God will will take that and multiply it. And I'm reminded of the, the story of the widow. And it's in Luke 21. And it says, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting all their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. So in Jesus's sight, those two coins that she had, which was basically pretty much all she had to offer or to, or to live on, she, put those, she trusted the Lord with those. And Jesus saw that that was worth more than anything that all these rich people were putting in out of their abundance. So are we trusting God with our money? Are we, are we seeking him in prayer to see what he would have us give? Are there places where we can cut back in our lifestyle and how we're living it, and help and give that to the church? And I said this a second ago. Second Corinthians nine seven says, "Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Don't give because you you're you feel um, compulsed like a compulsion to give. Don't feel like God's gonna strike you down if you don't give. God loves a cheerful giver, and." Uh, I forget what scripture it is. But I think Paul says it. He says, I, I came not for what you have, but I came for you. And so we need to think about that. I've I obviously paraphrased that paraphrased that that scripture, but we need to think, you know, God, God doesn't come for our money. God comes for our heart. God comes for us to, to know and seek and love and trust the Lord. And out of that, out of that heart change comes a, a cheerful giving. You know, a willingness to give, a willing a willingness to help, to serve, and and to tithe and to to give back to the church and to the Lord what we have been blessed with. So God loves a cheerful giver. Pray about what you can give and and if you only have a little bit to give and, and it's on your heart to give it, give it and trust the Lord with it. And I promise you, there have been times where, you know, I've felt, oh, I don't know that we can give. And then I oh, I give more than I think that, that we can or that we can this month. And God always blesses it. God always, always provides. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to go without. I encourage you to to trust, trust the Lord, trust, trust God with, with your finances. And um, trust God with, trust God with, with your heart, with, with everything that you have, with your children, with your marriage, with Your finances with your job just live your life with open hands and I promise you he he blesses that how has the loss of river changed your view of eternity it's definitely made me realize what a vapor this life is and it's made me long for heaven it's made me long to know Jesus and there's a saying by C.T. Studd and it says I actually made this as a sign for my brother-in-law, Parker. It says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And that really, that really puts it into perspective. And, and it shows us what matters, that this world is so fleeting. Everything is falling away. People pass away. Um, things happen. People get sick. You lose your job. Um, so many things, so many of the, of the sufferings of this world. And it goes by so fast. And and it really convicts me that only what's done for Christ will last. This part of our life is so short, and then we have all of eternity. So are we storing up for ourselves treasures here? Or are we planting and sowing and building for everything that is to come? I was going to read just a little part of that song and... It says, two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life, twill soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life, twill soon be past. only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave and to God's holy will to cleave. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears, each with its clays I must fulfill, living for self or in his will. So it just goes on. I mean, there's probably six more stanzas of this, but... Um, I encourage you to look it up. It's called Only One One Life Twill Soon Be Passed by C.T. Studd. And I just love how it puts in perspective that when we're dying, you know, he says, and when I'm dying, how happy I'll be if the lamp of my life has been burned out for thee. What are we doing for eternity, guys? It's just the loss of my son has really changed my view of eternity. And I long, I long to be there. And it's not only that I long to... Be with River. I long to be with Jesus and I long to have no more sin, no more sickness, no more death, no more suffering. I long for the day that Jesus comes and makes everything right. Like he's promised to do. So I just, I, I live with hope. I grieve with hope. I live my life with open hands and I trust my God with everything. And I pray that what I do in this life is done for Christ. Cause that's, what's going to last. I pray that I leave a lasting impression on my, on my children and their children and, teach them how to love and and trust the Lord. And and I pray that it just keeps trickling down through generations to come. And I pray most of all that they just trust and know and love Jesus with all their heart. Is Maverick going to get baptized? So this is a hot button issue. Um, He will get baptized when he is old enough to make a profession of faith. And I was baptized as a baby. Um, My mom, I grew up in Episcopal church and Obviously, as a baby, I didn't know what was happening. And I think so many people baptize out of tradition. They just think that that's what you're supposed to do. And I mean, I'm sure it also comes from a place of, you know, wanting that covering for your baby or, you know, you, you want to dedicate them to the Lord. And um, But in growing up, you know, I was baptized again with London and because I wasn't walking with the Lord. I wasn't walking with the Lord for most of my life. I, I even though I was baptized as a baby, we know that the Lord is the only one that can change a heart, and my heart wasn't changed. I wasn't transformed until my 30s, and I, I was baptized again, so baptism is not, doesn't save you. You're not saved by your baptism. We are saved by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ, and and babies can't make that profession of faith, and Colossians two one, we we're studying Colossians at church, and it says in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So the baptism it's an outward profession of your of your inward change of your heart it's it's proclaiming to the world I I have faith and trust and believe that Jesus is Lord over my life and I'm going to live my life this way. I am dead to my sin. I'm alive with Christ and babies can't make that profession of faith. So I, we feel that all of our children, London's been baptized, but she was nine. um, Until they can make that profession of faith, we're going to wait. And if you aren't old enough to make that profession of faith, um, I just don't I just don't feel that you should be baptized yet. I feel like you should wait until you can understand and articulate the gospel. So he will be baptized whenever he gets a little older. I don't know when that will be, um, but we will continue to raise him up and, and pray that the Lord, you know, I pray every day, God, draw them to you. Draw them to you. I pray that they're his. We know that, you know, I know that they're his, but I pray that, God does an amazing transforming work in their heart and that they do trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And then when they are ready to make that profession, we will be there so joyful watching them, watching them get baptized and be raised to new life. So um, Jesus taught the disciples to baptize those who repented of their sins and who believed in him. So as I said, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. It's not by works or anything that we could have done. It's not by our our baptism. It is... Only by grace through faith in Jesus. So like I said, I pray every day that the Lord draws them in and holds them fast. And someday I pray that I can watch them get baptized. Next question says, I am fearful of praying out loud in groups. How do I get over this and find confidence? First thing I would say is just to pray aloud at home. You know the more that you do it the more that you speak to the lord the more that you actually say it out loud instead of in your head you're going to feel more comfortable with it it's just a conversation it's just talking to your savior i used to feel this way too i would feel like people were judging me like i i wasn't a good prayer because there are those people who man they just they just lift up some bold bold prayers and i used to think i am the worst prayer ever But that's just the enemy wanting you to stay silent. That's the enemy wanting you to stay stuck in that and wanting you to have the spirit of comparison with people around you. So ask the Lord for help. Ask God. Say, Lord, I I want to be better in my prayer life. How can I do this at home? And one way that we can do it is pray back God's word to him. If you don't know, open up the Psalms and start praying back. Lord, we thank you that you are a shepherd. Your word says that you are a shepherd. Or, you know, your word says that you are close to the brokenhearted. We thank you for being close to us. Just repeating his words back to him, repeating his promises back to him is a way that can help as well. And one way, this seems so elementary, but whenever I was not really knowing how to pray, um, you know, you can use different acronyms. And there's one that's P-R-A-Y, that's praise. So praise first, then repent, ask for forgiveness, um, ask for you know, ask for healing, ask for, ask for prayer, you know, ask for, for whatever you're needing or, or wanting, um, in your life and then yield, you know, not, not my will, but your, be done, your will be done. We trust you, Lord. There's also another one. Uh, the acronym is ACTS. It's A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. So you can use these if you're in a group setting and you're like, okay, what do I need to pray about? First, I'm going to give God the glory. Then I'm going to, um, I'm gonna confess, you know, my sin. Then I'm gonna then I'm gonna just be grateful and thank him for what he's done, and then supplication, you know, if there's anything that's on your heart. So you can just go through those different types of of ways to pray, but really just ask the Lord for help and and know that unless you're just seeking your own selfish will, no prayer, no prayer is bad. You know, God God just wants us to communicate with Him. God wants us to come to Him and trust and surrender as. Our creator and as our father and he wants to hear from you you know he created you for a purpose and he wants to have have relationship with you and the more we talk to him the deeper that relationship goes all right next question says do you have recommendations for getting devotions in each day for a busy mama uh first off i feel you i i get behind in my bible reading just with the day-to-day mom duties um work duties wife duties all the things I would say get up earlier, stay up later, listen to the Bible if you don't have time to actually sit down and read and and highlight, which is what I really love to do. Like my, I I so enjoy being able to have, even if it's five minutes, I really so enjoy being able to actually open up my Bible with my highlighter, my coffee. I love to just sit there because I like to pray first and then I like to study and write notes, but we don't always have that time. So if you don't have that time, you can listen. To the Bible. You know, I just put a little earbud in when you're getting ready or when you're, in, or when you're in the car or if you're doing dishes or laundry. You can always still find five to ten minutes to get in that time. I make sure that I listen to sermons or scripture or um, faith podcast anytime throughout my day. I make sure to pray a lot and, and give myself grace if I don't, when I fall short and I fall short Quite a bit, um, but I was I was convicted this week listening to, it was I think it was a reel, but it was from Melissa Kruger, and she's from the Gospel Coalition, and she said recently she said, this has got to be a non-negotiable. She said this has to be more important than even brushing your teeth. She said it needs to be more important important than working out. Or she said we you know we pri- we prioritize all of these other things. We prioritize really good things, but she says. I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, when I get home. And she said, the only strength that you will have when hard times come are the spirit-empowered words of Jesus. She said, obviously, we know that the word gives us life. And so she said, with tears in her eyes, she said, we must be in our Bibles. We must be in our word. And I fully, fully agree with this. We must be in the word. We must be in our Bibles. And and. I do fall short and I'm convicted of this. Am I making it, you know, my number one priority? And it's, it is hard, but I can set my alarm earlier. Even though I'm tired, I can make myself get up. I can stay up a little later. You know, I can not scroll Instagram. I can, there are, are ways that we can be in our word. I think John Piper said something like, when we look at our phones or we see how many hours we spend on social media or Facebook, we're going to see that we had plenty of time for prayer, for reading the Bible, for doing other things that we should be doing for the kingdom. So I'm convicted that we need, it must be a non-negotiable. We must make time to be in our Bibles. We have to make time for Jesus and for his word, because that is, it is the word that gives us life. And it is the word that sustains us when life gets hard. It is truth. And it is, it is our peace. It is life giving. So Try, to, try as hard as you can to carve out the time, however that looks, however that looks in your life. and every mother's different. Um, every person is different as to when they can get that time, but do your best to actually be in the Word of God. Is it hard for you to fully love again after such loss? I'm terrified to love my daughter too much for fear something bad will happen to her and she will be taken away like Riv was. Is it hard for you to love Maverick fully? Knowing what God can do, I trust God's plan. But man, it can hurt so badly. I know God is in charge of life and death, or at least He's supposed to be. But I know that we humans sin and take take life when we shouldn't. But is it a sin to love your children too much? I just don't think I could live without my daughter. So here's the hard truth. Here's the hard truth. We live in a fallen, broken world. People get sick. People pass away bad things happen. Really bad things happen. But what a joy it is that we get to have them. What a joy is it that, that we've been blessed with them in our lives, that you've been blessed with this daughter that you have. So many people can't have children and you have this blessing. You have this blessing of a daughter in front of you. And and I feel like you're allowing um, your fears to get in the way of fully loving her. And we get to make memories with them. We get to have these, these years with them. And if we're in Christ, these relationships extend into eternity. You know, yeah, our life here on earth ends, but it keeps going. It keeps going with Christ in eternity. And it, it actually makes me love that much harder. It makes me love. I am not afraid to fully love Maverick. I am, I am, I will admit right after we lost River, I was a little nervous. I was a little scared that well, gosh, if this could happen once, it can happen again. But in in studying the word of God and in coming close and in, in, in surrendering my life to him, I'm allowed to fully love them and trust whatever is going to come our way and know that I'm not in as much control as I thought I was and to to le- live my life with open hands in and, and say, God, these are not my children. They're yours. But you've given them to me for a purpose. You've entrusted them to me. You chose me as their mom. And what a blessing that is. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to, to get in my head and, and not allow me to love them fully. I'm going to hug them. I'm going to tell them I love them 50 million times a day. I'm going to kiss them as many chances as I get. And yes, they're children and they still fight and they still, you know, we, we get on each other's last nerves sometimes. But I, never, there's never going to be a day that they don't know how much I love them. And, and I'm, there's, there's never going to be a day that when they are taken away, if and when that ever happens, God forbid, that I, will, that I will have regrets about not loving them enough. I'm so thankful for the time that I was given with River. And I, I choose to focus on those amazing three years that we got instead of all of the, of the years that many people focus on that they didn't get or that were robbed of them. I believe that the Bible is true. I believe that we're put on earth for exactly the time that we're meant to be here. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't doesn't make accidents. So I just I walk fully in that and I love my kids. Is it a sin to love your children too much? So love itself is not a sin, but if you're if you're making your child an idol, if you are focusing more on your child over the Lord, then that can be sin. And I felt like I was doing that with River after we lost him. And I've, I've said this many times on Arise that I felt, I felt convicted that I was making River an idol and I wasn't seeking fully the Lord. And so I, I put that sin to death. I put that sin of, of, him, of River being an idol to death and I turned my focus where it should be on Jesus. And, you know, I pray that we can all get to a place where we can say like Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, Job had, we're studying Job right now in my, in my friend group, and Job had everything taken away from him. God allowed Satan to take everything. Not only, not only his family, not only his, his cattle, not only, you know, his everything was taken away. Not only that, he was given like boils and sores all over his entire body, so much so that his wife said, curse God and die. But Job was faithful. And he never, he never lost faith and hope in the Lord. He had conversations, if you read through Job, he had conversations back and forth, but he was faithful. And the Lord blessed him abundantly, even more than he had ever had. And we might not be blessed this side of heaven, but we're gonna be blessed for eternity if we just keep the faith and run the race that is set before us. I feel like I just went off on a complete tangent there, but don't allow the scary things of this world to keep you from loving those around you. Love them with everything that you have and then be grateful for the time that you were given with them. Don't allow your fears to strip you from your joy of today. I think that's all I got today, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I had a a question of, you know, is there any place where we can send prayer requests? So you can comment on any of the platforms anywhere or you can shoot me an email, amberemilysmith at gmail.com. Send your prayer request. Um, send me any Arise merch that you want to see. Um, if, you, if you guys are liking this podcast, I would love it if you would share it or go give it a rating wherever you listen or watch. I'm thankful to have all of you here. I was talking with Paul, our editor, last night about what Arise is going to look like in the future. So I think there's going to be some changes coming. There's going to be some interviews. Um, we're going to kind of change how the structure is so I'm excited for that I'm excited for the merch coming out I'm excited just to continue to grow in grace with you guys thank you guys for coming and joining me I appreciate you have a wonderful week you're chosen Bye.